Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Be Still and Know, a devotional podcast for New Covenant Lutheran Church. This podcast is based on the devotional book from Broad Street Publishing of the same name, Be Still and Know, and it's available on Amazon if you'd like to purchase it and read along. Last I checked, it was about $8. I'm Clary Dees, and I'm so thankful that you're tuning in today. Each week, we've been exploring what God is saying to us with this podcast and how we can apply the teachings to our own lives. I hope that on this journey, you've been able to hear and see how God is moving in your life. We began this week with a pretty cool reminder and a lesson all in one. Or at least that's what I got from Monday's devotional. We read about people like David and Moses who are both celebrated in the Bible for their heroism and boldness. But those traits were not just those people acting alone. They both had the safety and protection of God with them as they carried out their tasks. The reminder in the devotional is that we also have that same safety and protection as we carry out the more scary and daunting tasks in our lives too. When we read the story of David and Goliath in children's Bibles, like I have many times as it's one of our younger daughter's favorites, we just read the most famous piece of his story about the battle scene and we can see how God was with David in that battle. What we don't see in the children's Bibles is the rest of David's story, how Saul became jealous of David, and the more David was successful with God by his side, the more Saul hated him and tried to have him killed. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 14 through 16, we read this, David continued to succeed in everything he did, for the Lord was with him. But when Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading his troops into battle. We can see this many times in the story of David. God was with him, and because of that, he was intimidating to others. Two things came to my mind as I studied this text on Monday. First, the biblical people we read about had relationships with God that I think only a small few have today. They spent time talking with and listening to God. Time that, because of the noisiness of our lives, we just don't have the luxury of. We could make the time, but we're so overscheduled and busy, running around here, there and everywhere, that we miss the quiet that we need to talk to God. The other thing that stood out as I read these chapters in 1 Samuel was the fear that Saul had about David's relationship with God. I pondered a few questions as I processed the story. Saul knew God was good, so why did he fear David? And David was coming back from battle with a win for Saul's armies every time. So why did Saul try to get rid of him? You could say that it had something to do with the spirit from God that tormented Saul, which we can read about in 1 Samuel. But I think there's a more simple answer, an answer that is still relevant in our life today. Perhaps Saul was intimidated because he didn't understand David's relationship with God. Perhaps, like so many today, he didn't want to be shown up for not understanding. So he tried to just sweep it under the rug, ignore it, and move on. Because something that he couldn't understand 
threatened his own status as king, and he couldn't have anyone in a position more respected than himself. Of course, I'm just speculating here based on these chapters in First Samuel, but I do find the parallels very interesting. In today's world, people are quick to use each other, to climb higher for themselves, and don't think twice about trying to cover up something that they don't understand. Some interesting things to think about. One last thing to think about on this particular devotional is this. If we had a close relationship and listened to God like David did, we'd know that same safety and protection that he felt when he faced all those armies and Goliath in battle. As I read the devotional on Tuesday this week, initially I wasn't nearly as impacted as I was by Monday's. It wasn't until I came to write and saw the last things I wrote the day before that I realized the significance of Tuesday's devotional. Let me explain. On Tuesday, we read about being cleansed of our sin and that it's the only way to be closer to God. The devotional talked about humans holding on to their sinful behavior and how it might be precious like a treasure and that it would never hold up to the treasures that we can find in a relationship with God. Now, I agree with this 100% and as I read and prayed on the devotional initially, I didn't have any desire to take this one deeper. It's pretty straightforward. But then I saw how I'd finished off my writing on Monday. How was it that people in the Bible, like David, who we just talked about, were able to have that close of a relationship with God? Until now, I've always felt that they had less distraction in their lives, more quiet time in prayer, and more available space in their brain that wasn't filled with the stresses and busyness of today. But I think I'd be missing an important piece. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. It's not just about listening and being an obedient follower of God that will bring us closer to him and able to feel his presence like the people we read about in the Bible. That's a big piece of it for sure, but it's not the whole picture. We all have to be able to bring our sin to God openly and ask him to forgive us. The challenge, and I guess interesting part of that, is that sin looks different now to how it looked in biblical times. Yes, the big sins still occur in the world, like the story in the Bible with David and Bathsheba. But I'm more talking about the little sins, things that are acceptable today. For example, gluttony. That's a sin. Look at the portion sizes you get in restaurants now. I can eat three meals from a serving size at a restaurant. How about social media? Hours upon hours of scrolling, looking at the split second of perfection that people post and feeling jealousy toward them. That's a sin too. Or what about the words we might say about another person in moments of anger? There are many things in our lives today that we should all be asking forgiveness for. Which is why, to come full circle, it's so important that we make the time to talk to God. I'll finish Tuesday's thoughts with this from 2 Timothy 2, 
verses 15 and 16. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. We are all a work in progress, but we are all worthy of God's love and forgiveness. He just wants us to acknowledge our faults and bring them to him openly. I felt like Wednesday's message this week was put in there just for me. I get caught up all the time in worrying about the future. I wrote just last week about how I felt my worrying was inherited, a part of my DNA. And the devotional for Wednesday this week was almost like God waving at me and yelling, Stop worrying! I've got this! The devotional text said, When you are in Christ, you can smile at the mystery of the future with the peaceful and carefree heart of one who knows it is secure. I think that that is such a powerful statement and one that is far deeper than it appears. You have to be in Christ for the fear and anxiety about the future to go away. It's not enough to be a faithful servant. That's a good start, which I'm glad about because that's about where I'm at. But that's the only the beginning. To be able to know that our future is secure means surrendering to God's plans. I don't know about you, but I struggle when I don't know the plan. One of my favorite verses to recite is Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God has awesome plans for our lives. I know that's true because as I look back on the path my life has taken so far, there are some incredible twists and turns that I know were God's doing. I pray that I am able to take that knowledge of how God has put me on the perfect path before and that he continues to do that in my future too. Nothing is certain, but what I am certain about is that God is with us and wants the best for us. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I feel like the title of this podcast should be God's Got Our Back because I've said it so many times in these episodes. But it's so true, and it's being shown to me day after day through these devotional messages. We just have to get out of our own way and allow God to do his thing in our lives. Thursday this week was a beautiful and simple reminder that we are part of the majesty of God's creation. The devotional talked about how we as humans often look up to the sky and marvel at the beauty in God's world oftentimes forgetting that we are part of that incredible beauty too. Living in Arizona affords us the gift of God's incredible sunsets. You don't see them in every state, and it's one of the many things I love about living here. Most every night, without fail, we have the chance to see an incredible light show in the sky. 
The colors are just amazing. Sunset is one of the many things I love when it comes to the natural beauty in Arizona. When looking at his creation, at the end of Genesis 1, verse 31, we read that God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. At this point, he had created everything. Earth, sky, sea, day, night, animals, and man. And he puts all of the things under one umbrella. One not more important than another. That's quite an overwhelming thought, that we, each and every one of us, is just as important as the majestic ocean, or the stars in the sky, or the sun and the moon. As tiny as we are compared to those things, in God's eyes, we are just as important. On Friday this week, we read about the consistency in God's trustworthiness. He has always been the same, strong and constant, since the beginning of time, literally. Always living up to his word and keeping his promises. Unfortunately, human nature isn't always that way, and throughout our lives we all experience hurts caused by our trust being broken. Trust is a pretty scary thing for most people. There are very few others who they trust completely, who they know will never let them down. Jeremiah 17 verses 7 and 8 say, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank, with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I want to be like the plant along the riverbank. The verse immediately before this one talks about not putting our trust in humans and the one after about human deceit, making the point that God is where we should place our trust first. He will see to it that we are like the plant by the riverbank. God's always known human nature and he also knows how hard evil will fight to keep a hold on every human heart. But In this passage from Jeremiah, we're told to just stop. Stop putting so much faith in humans and put our trust and our faith in God and everything else will fall into place. We're also told that putting our faith in ourselves is a mistake too. Proverbs 28 verse 26 says, Those who trust in their own insight are foolish but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Essentially, in this verse, Solomon's teaching us that we're bound to fail if we try to put our faith in ourselves. We've just seen in these two separate verses that putting trust solely in others or in ourselves and not putting trust in God will lead us to fail. I started studying a little more on trust, though, because I needed to see in the Bible a positive correlation to trusting each other. And of course, I found it. At the root of every loving relationship we have, there is trust. There has to be trust for the love to be there in the first place, because when you love another person, you're stripping away your walls and giving them your heart. The act of love automatically goes hand in hand with trust. 
First Peter 4 verse 8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Most important of all is to love each other, because by doing that, we create trust. It's a balancing act, putting our trust in both God and in our most important relationships. I'll finish up this piece today with one of our favorite verses. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 says, Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. With love, there is trust. Love each other, love God, and the trust will be there. Our theme of love continued into our devotional reading on Saturday too this time taking the approach of fascination through love. The devotional said that the result of love is fascination, and in fascination, we fill our minds with whatever it is that fascinates us. Therefore, if we fill our hearts and minds with the love we have for and from God, He will be fascinating to us too. There was one line in the devotional that particularly spoke to me when I read it. It says, We cannot be easily subjected to the lies of the enemy when our hearts have been saturated in the truth. James 1 verse 18 says, He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. We have been given the love of God and given his truth a birth. So with those two facts, it should be easy for us to be in a place of fascination with God, right? If only. My mind would be much clearer if that was the case. Without getting in too deep here, I've noticed that within the last few months since writing these podcasts, the more I listen and the more I open up my heart and mind to what God is saying, the more the enemy has tried to push lies on me. This devotional text came to me this week at the most perfect time. I've thought a number of times since reading this devotional that the text was written just for me, which I know is crazy. But it's incredibly fascinating that the words of the devotional, the words from God, are coming to me in just the way I need them to, right at the time I need them to. I hope that perhaps you are having the same experience with this devotional. The more you listen to God and think and pray on the devotional, the more you can see how the words have significance in your life. As I was studying this concept of truth and fascination this week, I was led to the book of Ephesians, specifically chapter 6. Verses 10 through 14 say this. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth 
and the body armor of God's righteousness. We are all given a place in God's house, and he wants us to fill our minds with his truth, not just fill, but overflow, so that there is no space in there for evil to mess with our thoughts. Those thoughts are not fact. Those thoughts are insignificant. And if we have a fascination for the thoughts and words from God, there will be no space for anything else. Our last devotional this week was about joyful waiting. I had to chuckle a little as the thought of waiting and joyfully doing it just felt funny. Waiting, as we read in the devotional, is for many a challenging and possibly even stressful time. Waiting for test results, waiting for a job interview, waiting for a call back after an audition. There are many waiting periods I've experienced that were filled with anything but joy. I found myself, though, wondering how those waiting periods would have been if I had waited with a joyful heart. I'd guess probably they'd be better. When I looked to scripture about waiting, I was guided to the book of Lamentations, which is not one that I'm all that familiar with. I love it when the devotional does that. It takes me to a place in the Bible that I'm not familiar with. It's like a whole new chance to learn more and study. Anyway, you are waiting, hopefully joyfully, for the scripture. Lamentations 3 verses 25 and 26 say, The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It is good to wait quietly for salvation. Here we are thinking we had to go, go, go to get ahead in life, always needing to get from one thing to the next. Ha! How wrong we are. I was just talking to Carl about Amazon and what it has done to us the other day. With their two-day shipping, we never have to wait for anything. And that's not helping our growth when it comes to joyfully and patiently waiting for the Lord. I think the devotional on Sunday was trying to get us to see that there are blessings in the waiting. There is so much joy around us and it's there for the taking. We should joyfully wait for the Lord while we wait for him to speak to us or wait for him to answer a prayer, or maybe wait for him to show us the right path. We should all be doing all we can to see and feel the joy in our lives because it is all around and it is wonderful. My cup has been overflowing with joy this week to an overwhelming level. I feel like my eyes are opened somehow wider to the incredible joy that's in my life, which I've always been aware of, but It's exaggerated right now, and it's incredible. This week, I pray that you too have joy in your life. I hope that you can hear and know God's strength like David did, that you're living without worry, and that you are so fascinated by God that worry can't even seep in. Thank you for listening.